Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. How's everybody doing this morning? Awesome. It's so good to see everybody. I just want to get something out of the way. I'm not going bowling after a church today. I think my, so what I do on Sundays is if I'm, if I get to speak, what I do is I, uh, I reach out to my mentor team, um, and, and for the student ministry and I let them pick what I, what I wear. And I think they're playing a joke on me this morning. So it's all good. We'll, we'll, we'll hang in there. Um, I am really excited to get to share again this morning, especially in such an important series. We are talking about spiritual gifts, right? And there's so much that goes into this, but the main thing is, is that God has given us a mission, and that mission is to go out to all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, and teach people how to live the Jesus way. That's our mission. And I don't know about you guys, but that's a pretty big mission, right? And I don't know if I could do that on my own. But thankfully, God has over-equipped us for the job. I mean, he has given us power tools to go out there and get the job done. And I am thankful for that. And those, those tools are called spiritual gifts. And so that's what we're going to continue uh, in the series this morning. And so I'm going to go ahead. And if you haven't, if you've missed one of the, one of the two parts of this sermon that, that Jamie's preached the past two weeks, I highly encourage you to go back and uh, you know take a listen. You can find it on the V. EFC website um, because they do kind of build upon each other um, and so we don't want you to miss out so if you have it if you've missed something go ahead and listen but we're going to go ahead and start today and we're going to learn about saying what God says and before we get into that I want us to do a quick recap of what the gifts of the spirit are so gifts of the spirit are special abilities given to Christians by the Holy Spirit that allow us to participate in supernatural ministries, right? So these are things that we couldn't otherwise do on our own that God equips us with in order to get the job done. And these things are awesome. Um, just to, again, to recap, the first thing we need to know about spiritual gifts is that spiritual gifts are not equal to Scripture and cannot override Scripture, right? So Everything that we're talking about in this series is, is biblically founded. It comes from Scripture, right? And sometimes it's easy for people to get out into the weeds, um, but everything that we do when it comes to spiritual gifts comes directly from Scripture. And just because someone says that they're speaking or doing something on God's behalf doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing that, right? Uh, sometimes, again, people get out into the weeds, and so we want to make sure that when it comes to spiritual gifts, that we stay founded in Scripture. The second thing I want you to know about spiritual gifts is that they are always motivated by love, right? 
They're always motivated by love. We don't just heal people because it's cool to heal people, right? No, we heal people because we love them and we know that Jesus loves them and so we want to bring restoration to them. Uh, We don't give words of knowledge so people think that we're cool and we can wear funny clothes and hats and stuff to church on Sunday. No, we do that because God wants to reveal something to them and wants to bring people closer. And so the foundation for all spiritual gifts is always going to be first off scripture And they're going to be rooted in love. And that's very important to understand. And so last week, um, Jamie said uh, that we could know what God knows. And so I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, and give us a quick recap about knowing what God knows. So it says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And so we learned last week that a word of wisdom is supernatural insight that solves a problem or answers a question, right? So this isn't just maturity. This isn't just, oh, well, I did this one time and so I have some advice to give you. No, this is supernatural wisdom that comes from God that you give to someone else that answers a question or solves a problem. Um, It says, to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. So we learned that a word of knowledge is supernatural revelation that gives you information or details that you couldn't otherwise know. You see this sometimes on Sunday morning. Um, someone will call out maybe an injury or a certain aspect of someone's life that they had no idea of knowing. That is a word of knowledge. And God gives that to people in order for others to be ministered to. Again, this isn't just natural knowledge. This isn't, hey, I looked on your Facebook page and I know you did this, so I'm just going to call this out, right? No, this is supernatural knowledge that comes from the Lord. And then uh, through through the same spirit, uh, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. And so Jamie also talked about last week, uh, the discerning of spirits. And again, the discerning of spirits is the supernatural ability to be able to discern from which spirit something is happening, right? So is, is this something coming from God? Is this, coming, is this something coming from the flesh or is this something demonic? And he said something very insightful that discernment is not just suspicion. It's not just, hey, that person's kind of shady. I think we should watch out for them. Like, no, uh, d- discernment is not your personal opinion. Uh, it's something, it's a supernatural gift from God. And today we're going to be talking about how you can say what God is saying. And we're going to be talking about prophecy different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Is everybody okay? Can I say that, right? I think Jamie played a joke on me. I think he gave me the hard one. Jamie, he's watching this right now, and, and this is an experiment. But we're going to see how this goes. Um, if I say anything weird, just get straight to Jamie. Um, but you can say what God is saying. I think it's really cool that we do not serve a silent God, right? Our God speaks, and he speaks in so many different ways, um, Uh, And he speaks uh, primarily, he speaks through his scripture, he speaks to us personally, and he also speaks to people through supernatural gifts, namely prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Um, Paul actually kind of takes a shot. So most of this series is actually coming from the book of 1 Corinthians. um, And Paul actually takes a shot at the Corinthians, and he he says this in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 2. He says, you know that when you were pagans... You were led astray by mute idols, however you were led, right? And that's Paul actually taking a shot. He's like, remember guys, when you were pagans, you were led astray by like painted sticks and stackable rocks that couldn't talk, right? 
however it was that you were led astray. And so that's, that's what the Corinthians were coming from. And there are still people today that worship idols, things that don't speak. But thankfully, that's not who our God is. Our God loves to communicate with his children. He loves to talk and he loves to give us the words to say. And so that's the three gifts that we're going to be talking about this morning are prophecy, tongues, and interpretations. And I asked if we could install seatbelts in the chairs because I'm going to have to move really quick and I want you guys buckled up for this. Um, When I was preparing for this message, there's so much that goes into these three spiritual gifts. Trying to figure out what I wanted to cut out was like trying to pick up like which finger I wanted to chop off. Like I would really like all of them. And so we're going to be moving kind of fast. So I want you to, if, if you have the VFC app, all of the notes are going to be in the VFC app and all the scriptures. And so you can follow along there. Um, so the first thing that we're going to be talking about is, hey, you can say what God says. We just went through that. Um, the first thing we're going to be talking about is prophecy. Prophecy, right? Um, and prophecy simply put, is saying what God is saying. When you are operating in the prophetic gift, that's what you're doing. You are saying what God is saying. Um, When you're prophesying, you are building up, encouraging, and comforting an individual or a church. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, On the other hand, this is Paul speaking to the Corinthians, On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. And consolation is, is comfort. So you're speaking peace to someone. And so when we are prophesying to someone or operating in a prophetic gift, we are building them up. We are strengthening their spirit. Um, we are encouraging them. And that word encourage in the Greek actually means to push forward. And so if you are prophesying to someone, you are pushing them forward into what God has called them to do. And then if you are bringing consolation, you are offering comfort. Maybe someone is going through a really difficult season um, and, and they really need to hear from the Lord. And sometimes what God will do is he will give you a word for someone that will bring them peace and comfort during that time. And so prophecy is building up, encouraging, and offering consolation or comfort. Uh, The other thing that prophecy does um, in 1 Corinthians 14, 24 through 25, it says this, uh, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all, he is called to account by all, and the secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. And so when you are operating in a prophetic gifting, uh, you are calling out the secrets of one's heart in order that they may come closer to God. And when I say calling out the secrets of one heart, one's heart, I'm not saying, hey, brother, God told me in the third grade you put Elmer's glue in your coffees and your teacher's coffee mug. Like, that's not the kind of secrets that, that God's looking to, to make known to the world. When, when we say the secrets of one's heart, what we're saying is things that only that person knows, things that only that person has gone through or is going through. And when that happens, when someone actually speaks to something that is a secret in one's heart, it causes them to fall on their face before God. It makes them feel known. It makes them feel like God is not only listening to them, but also speaking to them. There have been so many times, um, you know, in my Christian life where I've been you know, really struggling with something or going through a bad season and, and I haven't really mentioned it to anyone and then someone will just come up and say, you know what, the Lord sees what you're going through right now and he's with you and just this really encouraging and upbuilding word and the thing that was so crazy, it wasn't necessarily the advice that they gave me but it was the fact that I didn't tell anybody that. 
How in the world could that person have known that other than if God revealed it to him? And so it brings him closer to God. Um, the other thing, prophecy, there's, in prophecy, there's, there's so much to this. In fact, Miss Claudia Crocker did an eight-week course on prophecy. And so I'm going to be giving us sort of a bird's eye view here. Um, but uh, prophecy, roughly speaking, can be broken up into two categories. Um, the first one is foretelling foretelling, which is speaking about the future. And so God can give you a special revelation in reference to someone else's future with God. And we see this in scripture. It's actually in Acts 21. There was a guy uh, named Agabus. And I'm just going to read Acts 21, 10 through 11 real quick. It says, while, they were, while we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. The first thing I want you to know before we go any, any further there is you don't have to be a prophet to operate in prophecy, right? There are certain people that sort of have a higher calling to that, but that's, we're not talking about being a prophet here. We're talking about uh, the gift of prophecy. Um, But it says a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea and coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, thus says the Holy Spirit. This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him to the hands of the Gentile. And so Agabus was actually speaking about Paul's future in that instance. He says, hey, you know, this is who, the owner of this belt, which it was Paul's belt. This, when, when you go into Jerusalem, you are going to be bound and delivered over to the Gentiles. Now, he wasn't necessarily warning Paul because if you read further in that chapter, you'll actually, people start begging Paul, Paul, please don't go to Jerusalem. And he's like, look, this is the Lord's will. This is what I'm going to do. Right, And so prophecy can be foretelling about one's future with God. Um, a great example of this in my, in my own personal life was, you know, I got saved a little bit later in life. I was like 17, um, and I was at a youth conference um, with my then girlfriend, now wife, and ended up working out. Um, and... Uh, I, you know, I had, I had my plan for my life. I knew what I was going to do. I was going to go to school. I was going to do something in business, you know, sales and, or something. And uh, when I got saved, the Lord began to deal with me about a call into ministry, which this is, if you know me, or if you knew me at the time, was the complete opposite of probably what you would have thought I was going to do. But something inside of me was saying, man, I, I feel like I should dedicate my life to serving the Lord. It was just kind of a thought. And then my youth pastor at the time comes up to me, maybe like, I don't know, an hour after I have that thought, and then begins to prophesy about my future being a pastor and being called into ministry. And I was just shocked. I was like, holy cow, like the Lord was just speaking to me about this. I hadn't mentioned this to anybody. And, and it's so crazy. I wrote this down. I still have the journal where the, the, that day, I wrote it down and throughout the years I would go back and read it and it's just so amazing to see how God brought that to fruition in my life because there were times where I was serving in ministry there were times where I was not and then finally come back around man I'm a pastor and I'm like man I had no idea this was going to happen but someone told me that before it did that's crazy that's the gift of prophecy Um, we see this again in Luke 22 uh, verse 34 Jesus operated in all of the spiritual gifts Um, And he says to Peter, uh, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times, right? And so this is, this is Jesus actually telling Peter what's going to happen in the future through the gift of prophecy. And so that's, that's prophecy in that sense. The other thing that prophecy does is foretelling. And so this is declaration about the past or the present. And a great example of this 
Uh, is in Acts chapter 2. So in Acts chapter 2, the disciples were just filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, They were speaking in other tongues. They flooded out into the streets, and there was chaos and people getting saved. And then Peter addresses the crowd, and it's it's Acts 2, it's verses uh, 14 through 41, but we're, for the sake of brevity, just going to pick out a few things. Um, So Peter in Acts 2 speaks to the crowd as he was inspired by God. So he gives this big prophetic declaration to the people in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Um, he points to what, first off, what God said in the past. So this is verses uh, uh, 16 through 20. Um, he is actually quoting a prophecy from the Old Testament. This is Joel chapter 2. And he says, and in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Um, you know, skip to the end, it says, I will pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. And so Peter is actually making a prophetic declaration. Did you see that God said this in the past? Well, that's what's happening right now. Right, and so Peter is prophesying what has what God has said in the past, and what is now occurring in the present moment. So uh, he also points to he points to what God said in the past. He brings correction. Um, verses thirty seven and thirty eight says, "Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do?" So they're cut to their heart. They're like, man, like, you know, we crucified Jesus, but now we're seeing God move in power and people are prophesying and speaking in tongues like they're cut to the heart. Um, What shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. And so Peter actually brings correction to them not condemnation, right? And so when we're op- operating in the gift of prophecy, we're not operating in, in condemnation. We're not bringing condemnation or judgment. We're bringing correction. And sometimes when you receive a prophetic word, God will, re- will reveal something that's going on in your life that's not healthy for you, that's not good for you, and will offer correction, but not condemnation. If it brings fear, confusion, or condemnation, it's not from the Lord. Um, and so, and it says people gave their hearts to the Lord, right? People gave their hearts to the Lord. A spiritual gift is defined by what it does. Um, If it does not build up, encourage, bring comfort or peace, or call someone closer to the Lord, it's not a prophetic word. That's very important because for so, so many times, and I know there have been people in here, you've probably been hurt by this gift before, but just because we've been hurt doesn't mean that God wants us to set it aside. We have to learn to discern and judge for ourselves whether or not something is coming from God or whether it's just someone's flesh. A, a lot of well-meaning people you know, just give their opinion on something and slap, thus says the Lord on it and, and think it's okay, but that's not okay. We'll talk about that in a minute. But a spiritual gift is defined by what it does. Hear me out. If it does not encourage, if it does not build you up, if it does not bring peace or comfort, if it doesn't call you closer to the Lord, it's not a prophetic word and we can shelve it or reject it, right? Um, a couple things that prophecy is not. Prophecy is not predicting the future, Right? If prophecy were predicting the future, there'd be a whole lot more churches in Las Vegas, okay? We'd have a lot of millionaires in here hitting the Powerball every other week. I mean, so prophecy's not predicting the future. Um, It's also not just correct information, okay? So let me read you a a passage of scripture here. This is in Acts 16. Um, It says, I'm just going to, as we were going to the place of prayer, this is Paul, 
We were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain through fortune telling. So she, was, she operated in a demonic gift of divination, future predicting. Um, she followed Paul and us, crying out, these, men's are ser- these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. She'd follow them around and say, hey, these guys are the men of God. They know the way of salvation. And then Paul finally turns around and rebukes her and casts an evil spirit out of her. Why? Because she was not prophesying. She was operating from a demonic spirit. So just because something is correct information doesn't make it a prophetic word. It's not the, it's not the information that makes it a prophetic word. It's the spirit behind it, Okay. We see this a lot. There's many false teachers. There's so many people. You could, you know, turn on the TV at two o'clock in the morning and find people that are out there prophesying, not prophesying, prophesying, okay? Just because says, someone says something that was correct does not mean, and I found this, I've, I've actually talked to people that have had this happen to them before where they talk to someone that was honestly operating from a demonic spirit, not uh, the spirit of God, and they will actually give correct information. I've talked to people that have used palm readers before, and, and the palm reader will actually give them some correct information, and it, it brings about fear and confusion. That's not God. And so we have to be careful when we're talking about the gift of prophecy that we're not just listening to the information that's given, but we understand the spirit that was behind it. Another thing, prophecy is not intuition and it's not your opinion. Okay? Prophecy is not intuition and it's not your opinion. So if you, uh, this is something else. This is another abuse that happens from time to time. People maybe have insight or intuition or they have an opinion about someone's situation and then they just slap God said on the front of it. No, no. Prophetic revelation comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from up here. Amen. And so we have to be careful um, when we're, when we're dealing with prophecy. And so now we're going to talk about two things here. Uh, first off, how to give a prophecy. And my, again, my little transitions didn't work, so I just gave the whole thing away. It's okay. Um, how to give a prophecy. And we're also going to talk about how to receive one as well. Because equally as important in giving a prophecy is also how you receive it. And so we're going to talk about the do's and don'ts of, of giving a prophetic word. Um, do submit it to other mature believers. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 29 says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said, right? Um, if you feel like the Lord is sharing something to you about someone else, the best thing to do is not just flag them down on their way to the bathroom and tell them. You should submit it to, uh, to one of the pastors or a mature believer and help them or let them help you pray about this word, right? Um, as the next one is don't give parking lot prophecies. That's the exact opposite of what I'm talking about. A parking lot prophecy, I also call them uh, drive-by prophecies, that's when you're just standing in the parking lot and some guy, you have no idea who it is, comes up to you and says, hey, hey, brother, Lord told me to tell you to move to China, amen, bless you, and then walks off. And now this guy has been given a directional prophecy about something serious, like, I want you to uproot your family and move to China from a guy whose last name he doesn't even know, Right? That is not how you give a prophetic word. You submit it to other mature believers. We actually had an instance of this recently where someone had a prophetic word for someone and they did it beautifully. It was amazing. They, they, they received this prophetic revelation for someone. They submitted it to the pastoral team. The pastoral team prayed about it, helped them discern it. And then they set up a time where they could actually give that prophetic word. 
That's how you give a, a prophetic revelation. You don't do it as they're walking into the bathroom, okay? We want to be careful. Um, do give prophetic words in an orderly way. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 40 says, but all things should be done decently in order. There's a right place and a right time to give a prophetic word. Like, you know, just in the middle of a message, probably not the best time, right? When someone's at the grocery store trying to rinse off their broccoli, probably not the best time to give a prophetic word, right? We want to do this at the proper time. At VFC, You've just seen it this morning. We have a time, we've allotted a time during uh, worship where people can share what the Lord has laid on their heart, whether it be a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, or prophetic revelation. And if you, if you don't necessarily know how it works, you know, we have actually have a system for it. Um, you know, one of the pastors is sitting on the front row, and then if you feel like the Lord is, 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 has laid something to share on your heart, you tell one of the pastors, we, we discern it, we pray about it, and then if we feel like the Lord is doing that in the moment, we go, go ahead, do it. Um, so, uh, and then finally, don't cause confusion. There's a, there's a ton of ways that you can cause confusion um, when giving a prophetic word, giving it at the wrong place, giving it at the wrong time, not praying about it thinking it's the Lord, but it not really being the Lord, right? Um, and the one thing I don't have up there, but I wanted to add, um, is never make a decision based off one prophetic word, right? It's common sense. I know we place a lot of weight, and it's very, it's very, it's, you have to be very responsible. People that do operate in the prophetic gifting, you have to understand this as well. Um, you are responsible for the word that you give, okay? And on the same token, if you receive a word, you should never make a decision based on one word. Usually, the Lord will speak to you through someone about something that he's already been dealing with you about, right? It's something that's already kind of been on your heart. Like I said about my call into ministry, the Lord had been dealing with me about that, even so 10 minutes um, before someone came and prophesied to me. And I'm not saying that God doesn't, won't just, you know, blow your mind and speak something, give you a surprise, but it will bear witness with your heart. It, you know, the, the Christianese word is bear witness, but it'll, it'll ring true, It'll feel like the Lord. It'll, it'll, your heart will say yes to it, okay? Finally, how to receive a, pre- a prophetic word. Well, there's three things that you can do. You can receive it. Let's say, hey, this prophetic word, this feels like it's the Lord. It's confirming something that God has already spoken to my heart. Um, it, it rings true in my heart. Well, guess what? You can receive it. The second thing you can do is you can shelve it. Let's say someone speaks a word to you. You're not really sure what to do with it. Maybe it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's not God, but it feels like just not, it's not ringing true totally. Well, guess what? You can put it on the shelf. You don't have to receive it right then and there on the spot just because someone said God said, okay? Um, I think about it like this. You know, I'm a father of a two-year-old, so I'm constantly putting together miniature furniture, um, like a toddler bed, a miniature recliner, a miniature table set. Like, and so like my house is filled with so many different pieces of things. And uh, I was putting together a toddler bed a few months ago, and uh, I was looking, and I was like, well, that's obviously the headboard. That's obviously the footboard. But what in the world is this thing? I have no idea. Well, it makes no sense for me to throw it out. It may be important somewhere down the line, right? And so obviously, I I follow the directions, sort of. Um, And I got to the place in the directions where this piece, which I had no clue where it fit before, made sense, right? So sometimes you'll receive a prophetic word and you're not really sure what to do about it in the moment. It's okay. You can put it on the shelf. There's no need to act on it. And then finally, you can reject a word. Again, just because someone said God said does not mean that you, doesn't mean that God said it. It doesn't mean that you have to receive it. Um, 
There was one time in particular before I I realized this that I received a prophetic word that was definitely not from the Lord. I was a young believer. Um, You know, I was just happy that God was talking to me because, you know, I went from being an unsaved Baptist person, like I guess we were kind of Baptist when we did go to church, that's where we went. Um, I was new to the spiritual gifts, and so I was just excited to hear from God. And and I remember a very well-meaning person came up to me and gave me this doomsday prophecy. It was scary. It was like something about, you know, you're about to go in through the hardest time of your life and uh, things are going to start falling apart and you're going to want to give up. In fact, you will give up. But it's all good. God will be with you. And I'm like, what? I did not even made it through the Gospel of John yet. Like, and so I spent the next three months like thinking I was going to get sniped by an angel or something. Like looking over my shoulder, like, this is any moment, it's all going to fall apart. I'm just going to blow up is what's going to happen. Um, but that wasn't the Lord. But it did, I did, it caused me, you know, spiritual, spiritual harm. I was hurt by it, you know. Um, and I didn't know that you could test and weigh spiritual or prophetic words and, and shelve them or reject them. First uh, Thessalonians uh, 5, 20, uh, 20 through 21 says this, Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Guys, eat the meat, spit out the bones. We are imperfect vessels. We give imperfect words. You can receive what you feel is the Lord, and with the stuff that's just like filler, get rid of it. But don't despise prophetic words. It's how God speaks, right? And so I just encourage you guys, if you've been, if you've been hurt in this area before, allow the Lord to bring healing to that. You step back out there. And, and, and begin to allow God uh, to speak through you or allow people to speak on God's behalf to you. Um, but you have the power and the control as to what you do with it. Amen? So that's prophecy. That was a lot. Is everybody okay? All right, we're going to we're gonna have to keep going here. Um, so tongues, the gift of tongues is saying what God is saying in a foreign or unknown language. And so if prophecy is saying what God is saying, tongues is saying what God is saying in a foreign or unknown language. And so we see this um, right off the bat in Acts chapter 2, what is happening. And just for the sake of time, I'm going to give you Eric's unauthorized version here. So the, the people, uh, the disciples were filled with the Spirit. Uh, it says tongues of fire rested upon them. They flooded out into the streets and they began speaking in other tongues. And when you start talking about tongues, people all of a sudden, they get, you know, they, they get clenched up. They get a little bit afraid. It's okay. One of the things that I learned, especially in preparation for, for this sermon, is that we have more light on the gift of tongues than we have on some of our core Christian beliefs. Why? Because the Corinthians messed it up really bad. And Paul had to do a lot of correcting, okay? And so we have a ton of light on this subject. But in Acts chapter 2, the, the, the disciples flood out into the street. They begin speaking um, in, in another language. And what we see there is a, a lot of them were actually speaking in a foreign language that they had no previous knowledge of how to speak, right? And we know this because the scriptures say that the people in the area that heard these people speak speaking in tongues, were like, hey, they're, they're speaking praises and glories to God in our home tongues. They actually thought that they had been drinking, right? So it was a crazy experience. Um, but but uh, tongues is saying what God is saying in a foreign or an unknown tongue. 
in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, says, uh, Paul says that the people that are speaking in tongues are speaking mysteries in the Spirit. So it could be a foreign language, right? One that, we, that is known, or it can be an unknown language, someone that is just speaking mysteries in the Spirit. And there are so many testimonies that I've read about you know, missionaries, and there's people in here that have had this happen as well, um, where they, they receive a message in tongues and it's actually in a foreign language, and someone that speaks that language understands what they're saying, and they're like, how did you, how did you know that? And like, I don't know, the Lord just gave it to me. And they gave their heart to God. Again, a spiritual gift is defined by what it does. If it's not bringing people closer to the Lord, it's not a spiritual gift. And the same is true uh, with, with uh, the gift of tongues. Um, you may ask yourself, why does God use tongues as a spiritual gift? Well, God uses another language to get our attention, right? Have you ever been in maybe a VFC service where someone gave a message in tongue? It is quiet. We, we call it a holy hush, right? Like just the presence of God floods this place. Everybody's quiet. You can kind of feel it coming on before it actually happens. And then someone gives the message in tongues and everybody is listening. So God uses another language to get our attention. Um, one of the things, I, w- I should have clarified this before, I am, when I talk about the gift of tongues, I'm not necessarily talking about a personal prayer language. That's a, that's a different subject, and Jamie actually did a whole message on this uh, back in August 2021. So if you want to get more information about speaking in tongues, you can go to that entire sermon. It's called Elephants in the Room, Tongues, and you'll get like a whole uh, 45 minutes of content on just that gift. But um, the gift of tongues should always be partnered with interpretation. The gift of tongues, when it comes to corporate worship in in a church service or setting, should always be partnered with interpretation. Why? Because no one knows what you're saying. Like tongues is actually a very, like understanding how to, to operate in this gift is actually very practical, right? Because if you, Paul says it many times, like if you just speak in tongues, like and you, there's no interpretation, You've just, you're just building yourself up. You're not building anybody else up. Why? Because they don't understand uh, what you're saying. Uh, tongues without interpretation is like a cat walking on a piano, right? It's just kind of happening. Nobody knows what's going on. Paul says this multiple times in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 7, 7 through 9. He's like, uh, you know, when people uh, uh, speak in tongues, it's just kind of like an instrument that's just kind of doing its own thing. No one really understands what's going on. Um, and also, if tongues are done improperly, people might think you're crazy. <laughs> and that's not me, that's Paul. So in 1 Corinthians 4, I'm gonna blame, blame the Bible on that one. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 23, Paul tells the Corinthians, if an unbeliever comes into the church and you guys are just speaking in tongues everywhere and there's no interpretation, that person's gonna think that you've lost your mind. And if you, I need six minutes to end this sermon, but I have to tell this story. So when I was 14 years old, See, again, I was not raised in a charismatic church, sort of, kind of. Once I was 17, I started going to one. But, uh, you know, I, my friend invited me to church when I was 14. I was not saved at this time. And I didn't know what kind of church my friend went to. Um, but I show up, and uh, it was a Pentecostal holiness church. Some of you guys know what I'm, what I'm talking about here. So I love those people. I have some of that DNA in me now. But um, they, there, are, there have been a lot of abuses, especially the gift of tongues throughout the years. And the Pentecostal Holiness Church, I think, you know, maybe falls into that ditch a little bit of doing it too much. Um, but anyways, I walk in there, and there is an evangelist from Alabama. 
So I've hit the trifecta of the Pentecostal holiness movement here, right? And I mean, they're praying in tongues all over the place. And I'm like the whole time like, man, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? What have I done? This guy in a room full of 45 people calls me out, brings me to the front and just, you know, begins to pray in tongues like with the mic in my ear. Like he's praying in the mic and and in my ear at the same time. And the whole while he's praying, I'm like, Lord, if you get me out of this, I will give my life to you. (laughs) I'm praying the salvation prayer. Okay. I'm like, Lord, just Lord, protect me from this man. As sweat is like hitting me in the face. And so, I mean, that's just a real world example of what Paul is talking about there in 1 Corinthians 14. You know, if if you don't have an interpretation, people are going to think you're crazy. So let's talk about the, the gift of interpretation. These two gifts are one, they go together. So interpretation of tongues is the supernatural ability to reveal the meaning behind a message in tongues. Um, So understand that interpretation is just that. Interpretation is not translation, okay? And so if you've ever wondered, like, how are they translating that? Well, people aren't translating a message in tongue. They're interpreting it. They're giving the meaning behind it. The difference is is a a translation is like word for word, right? And if you know anything about languages, you know that there are some words that we use in the English that don't have, they don't have a word for it in another language, or there's words in other languages that it takes us five words to understand, right? And so when we talk about the gift of interpretation, uh, we are talking about the ability to reveal the meaning behind a gift. Um, uh, So uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 5, it says, now I want all of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be Build up, And so interpretation, again, it, it goes hand in hand. In fact, Paul says, if someone gives a message in tongues, someone must interpret it, or the person that gave the message should interpret the tongue, okay? Because if we don't have the interpretation, we'll have no idea what's being said. Make sense? And so Paul says that prophecy is almost always preferred over tongues, unless there's an interpretation, There's a nice little formula up here. This is supernatural math, okay? Tongues plus interpretation equals prophecy. Tongues plus interpretation equals prophecy. What is prophecy? Saying what God is saying. What is tongues? Saying what God is saying in another language. What is interpretation? Letting us know what God was saying in another language, right? So tongues plus interpretation equals prophecy. And so there's a couple things I want you guys to know is that you, you should, uh, the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 39, you should earnestly desire spiritual gifts. You should earnestly de- desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Paul places a special emphasis on the gift of prophecy. Why? Because people are speaking in a language that they know the words of God, the, the things that gods are saying. And so I want to encourage you guys, if you've been, we, we sort of have a mission here at VFC, and that is to help people better understand the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. There have been, so, there have been a lot of abuses throughout church history. There have been people that, in, in entire denominations that said, you know what, that stuff's too weird for us. We're not going to do that here. We believe in it, but not practically. Um, But at at VFC, we're not afraid to deal with the mess. 
And we want to encourage you guys to actually operate in these spiritual gifts. In fact, Scripture tells us that we should desire them. Okay? Finally, how do you say what God is saying? Jamie went over this a little bit last week. It's pretty simple. Ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All this, these spiritual gifts, it starts, it starts with being in relationship with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. Number two, receive prayer from someone who already walks in these gifts. There's the spiritual principle of impartation, which is when someone gives you something that they have that you don't, right? And so if there's someone that you know that is operating in one of these spiritual gifts and you want to be able to, have them pray for you. And then finally, step out in faith when you feel led. If you feel like the Lord is is calling you to operate in that spiritual gift, do it, right? This is the place, this is, this, is, this is where we do it in, in a church setting. Um, again, if you, come, if you feel like the Lord has, has laid something on your heart during ministry time, come up to one of the pastors up front and say, hey, this is what I think the Lord is doing. And if you get up there, like we'll go up there with you. And if you get up there and bomb, we'll bomb with you. I mean, that's what this is about. And so my question for you this morning is this. Are you saying what God is saying? God wants to use you to speak to people both inside and outside of the church. God wants to call people closer to him. And one of the ways that he does that, or a few of the ways that he does that, is through prophecy, tongues, and interpretations. Let's stand. Is everybody okay? Okay, it's jamie at vfcthomasville.org. Let's pray. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, We thank you that you speak. And we thank you for the supernatural gifts. Lord, place a desire in my heart to say what you are saying. Help me to build up, encourage, and comfort people that need you. Lord, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.